Good morning. It's time to wake up, y'all. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central to 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Available on Google Android, Apple iPhone, Facebook Live, and Periscope Twitter. Tap that Armchair Quarterback's app. Take us anywhere you go. The Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Good morning. And December football sure has a wild ride in store for us. Between throwing shoes and icing your own kicker last night, there's no damn telling what we're going to get this weekend. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here on CBS Sports Radio. Because he's the Armchair Quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Mac McGee sitting alongside Tony Agolini. People want to know where Justin Waller is. He is not feeling good. He's under the weather, so uh, we're giving him the day off. Uh, Hopefully it's nothing serious. Uh, We'll keep you updated on that. Tony, how the hell are you this morning, sir? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm good. Uh, did, did you catch any of the game last night? I, I know it wasn't a very big game to get dialed in on. No, I saw a little bit. We were kind of catching up on some Christmas movies and stuff last night, so I, I didn't get to see any of it. Yeah, that's probably a good night to do it. I, I was I, The only reason why I was even watching is I had some rooting interest via fantasy football, but that really wasn't enough to catch my attention. Uh, my wife ended up doing some things. And so I ended up watching the game more than I expected to. I, I, I figured we would end up doing more of a uh, like a movie night or something, but she had some things that she had to get done. So I, I ended up watching uh, a pretty decent amount of it. And then w- once we get to the end of the game, I, I just couldn't go to sleep. I was watching it. I just want to see how it unfolded. That, that loss, for all intents and purposes, has eliminated the Raiders from the playoff chase i guess gruden's wanting to go back to uh oakland did you see the debacle with his hats yesterday i heard about that that's pretty funny yeah i i would have never noticed it i guess someone someone went in went in uh someone saw it and of course they expanded and they hit twitter and the, the rest of history and then he went and he changed his hat at some point when they when they alerted him what he had done but yeah, for people that missed it, he was wearing an Oakland Raiders hat. You could barely see because all you really see is Raiders, and you have to zoom in to see Oakland. And then he came back out with Las Vegas. Um, <laughs> so if for people that missed that game, Raiders lose. That essentially eliminates them. They're, I'll get into it later, but that, it's going to be a hard hill to climb. What I wanted to talk to you about, though, is because I have not seen you since Wednesday or talked to you since Wednesday and the college football recruiting landscape. How, how do you feel about your Gators? Uh, signing day, I think, went pretty well. No one no one left the class and we didn't really get any any big surprises. So that's, that's good. I think um, signing another offensive lineman tonight from uh, here in Jacksonville, uh, Trinity Christian, which puts out a ton of guys and it's really a, a school that out on the west side that uh, we, we rarely get anybody from those kids usually head to Ohio State or LSU or um, Georgia or FSU. So it was good to finally uh, get a couple of those ones, a big time receiver. Last name is Burke. Um, but I thought they did a good job uh, on the offensive line. Um, good receiver. 
Uh, Bowman's coming as a transfer from Clemson, so that kind of counts as your, your running back for this class. Two quarterbacks, which is what we expected, um, and, and a, a good safety. So we'll, we'll see. I think most of the class is done. They'll sign probably six or seven more kids or so in uh, in February. Um, but yeah, no, all in all, it's it's it's, it's a top ten class. Um, you know, you you can work with a top ten class. Uh, you look like it to be in the top five one day, but this. I don't think the staff has the powerhouse recruiters up and down the, the staff to really do that. I think it's a group of, for the most part, really good coaches. Um, a few guys are really good on the trail, but there's some that are maybe are even liabilities on the trail at certain spots, like uh, running back and, and defensive back. But they're they're pretty good X's and O's coaches too. You, you got to find that mix. You can't if you have all recruiters, you're going to end up with Will Muschamp at South Carolina, where. You might, you know, sign really good classes, but you you don't develop any of your talent. You got to find that mix. Yeah, I was gonna say, as long as you're consistently in the top ten to top fifteen in recruiting, it really then just comes down to X's and O's, right? It, it, it comes down to being able to develop the players, get them in. Florida State right right now is ranked twenty, uh, excuse me, thirty eighth on Rivals. They expect to be somewhere close to the top twenty five. Uh, maybe even maybe even sneak close close. I don't think they'll get inside it, but close to the top twenty. By the end of the actual recruiting process, they have some guys they're expecting to come in. And of course, they ha- they're getting a lot of JUCO transfers, which is going to be a big deal to be able to get Florida State instant su- success, so to speak, right? Because you've got such a just a weak, weak cupboard right now of athletes out there. Uh, the what, the big thing with Florida State obviously was getting Milton to sign, to get, getting him to transfer for from uh, Central Florida. Florida State instantly gets the best quarterback recruit in the country to come in. Obviously, he's only going to be there a year. But you do get the best quarterback in the country. And Norvell, if he can develop quarterbacks like people believe he can, he ought to be able to have this guy shine and then develop the young kids underneath him next year. So there's a lot to be excited about at Florida State. Yeah, and I, I think honestly that that transfer portal this year is going to be as busy as ever because there's, you know, everybody this year doesn't count against anybody. Uh, and so if guys want to uh, look to switch, I think you're going to see a lot of these waivers get waived uh, this season where guys can transfer and, and play immediately. I think uh, Milton's already graduated, I think, from UCF, so he can play right away. He doesn't have to worry about it. But right. uh, I do think it's going to be the, the signing days and all that stuff is – is key, but for for the long term future. But I think for plugging guys in uh, for 2021, all these programs around the country, other than like Bama and Clemson, are going to uh, be hitting the transfer portal pretty hard. My the if there's one guy that I'm excited about, other than now they got a handful of decent linemen, and that's the, the offensive linemen is what is our big need. So kids like uh, Kimo out, out of uh, Niceville, Florida, I'm I'm excited for him. But the big get that I think that they that they really got, I know a lot of people are going to focus on Sean Bray Jackson of uh, Orlando, but to me, getting Hunter Washington from the state of Texas to keep that pipeline pipeline in the state of Texas, and Norvell should be able to recruit from the state of Texas pretty routinely. Florida State's always done a pretty good job, and I expect that Norvell would if he's going to have success recruiting over the years it's going to be 
not just in the state of Florida, but going over to Texas because his roots are, are, are from there. But the defensive back, uh, Hunter Washington, I've seen some tape on him, and he looks like he's the real deal. Now, who the hell knows when you see these guys play high school football because you don't really know who they're playing up against. You might find out that he's a man among boys, that he's sitting over there playing in, like, you know, <laughs> one-star high school football, and he, and he should have been playing four-star all along, but... He looks good. He looks the athletic part is, is the thing that jumped out at me. He made some incredible interceptions that they had on the film that looked like something a receiver would make. So that that's the big one for me. Is there one guy that you're overly excited about? Yeah, there's um, – and, and now that you ask me, I'm, 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 I can't remember his name. He's, he was a junior college kid. He's the number one junior college linebacker. Uh, in the country and he went through a lot. He was supposed to come to Florida as a freshman. He couldn't get in. Um, they don't really do Prop 48 anymore where you're kind of still part of the team, but, but you can uh, work in your freshman year and get your grades in order. So he had to go to junior college and, and he had his, um, really had a set side on Florida, really wanted to be a Gator. And, and I'm excited more for him just that he actually you know got in and, and got to come to Florida to play football and, and he'll eventually get a degree out of it as well. So. That's a really nice one. I think the Burke kid from Trinity is a big get just because he's a big receiver, 6'3", and, and we're starting to lean towards those like the Trevon Grimes and, um, you know, Copeland and those guys that are on the roster. But um, getting a kid out of Trinity, which is a big-time major college football private school pipeline here in Jacksonville, but um, I've, I've kind of got my own opinions on the, the, the school and the athletic department over there, but they do put out, is, you know, big-time players. And it's is that the get. Marcus Burke from uh, Jacksonville? Yeah, Marcus Burke. Yeah, okay. and – um, so I, I just think it's good to it's good to get a big time recruit out of out of that school. We've we've had a couple guys like Nick Washington that were kind of more role players, um, where you know Ohio State, one of the best defensive backs in the country this year is from Trinity. He's at Ohio State. LSU's had some big time receivers come out of there, so it's, it's good to finally have us recruiting Jacksonville again. I'm interested to FSU, see what this FSU co- ever FSU over time has dominated Jacksonville as they should. Uh, the <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that back in the day, that when when Bowden was was king, he he made sure that the Jacksonville Booster Club was one of the best in the country, right? And so I I don't know if that will continue to be the case, but the, but that's where where their lineage. Florida State normally recruit uh, recruits really well in North Florida. Counting Jacksonville and of course over with the Panhandle, and then very South Florida. Their problem is getting the interstate. I was I, I was uh, surprised and happy to see them get the kid from Orlando, but typically they don't get a whole lot of talent there in the center of the state. That's usually Gator country, and Florida State tends to to run the gambit up north. And when they're doing well, they they recruit really well in South Florida and out recruit Miami. When Miami's doing as well as they are, it's it, it's it's more of a fight. So we'll see how that goes forward. This, this year on recruiting, I just – I if they get anywhere close to the top 25, I'll, I'll take that as a win because it's been such a disaster of a year with COVID and everything else under it. Uh, getting that kid from Milton surprised me. I thought he would go to a more established coaching staff and more established program. So getting him to come from Central Florida was huge. I'm interested to see this uh, Corey Collier kid from – that from Miami, Florida, that the Gators got defensive back, six foot two, one eighty. He's a five star athlete. Yeah, that was a big that's one. a bad job by Miami from letting him get out of there. 
Yeah, and they and they they've got a good recruiting class in themselves. It was nice of them to finally let us have a uh, not nice to let us have a five star from from down there. Dewan Blacks, the um, the linebacker whose name I couldn't think of, um, but yeah, no, he's 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 the one I was talking about. That's got a, a big chance to have a, a big career at safety. We we haven't had we've had good safeties. We've had Matt Elam. We've had a few other. Reggie Nelson's probably the best pure safety that we've had. You know, in the I say modern era since like 2000 or so. If Diaz um, wants to be dominant down in Miami, th- those are the kind of recruits that he's got to keep down there, right? Right, especially yeah, especially when I think of what he's trying to win, who he's trying to beat. What got him torched this year? Not being able to stay keep Clemson or North Carolina off the scoreboard through the air, right? Mm-hmm. And so those are the kind of guys that he's got to start getting. Yeah, and Clemson, Bama, and Ohio State, those are the three schools that the big three here in Florida continue to try and defend against them taking, you know, the best and brightest from South Florida, and they're they're still doing it. So, you know, we've got some catching up to do. Amen to that. Okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk the college football championship weekend. A lot of games. We're going to get into it. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterback. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. Sorry. Magician's Code. Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag has more odds and props than anyone else in the industry. Using MyBookie is simple. Just pick your team, select your odds, and collect your cash. MyBookie.ag has proven to be the most exciting online experience for all sports fans. With the fastest payouts in the industry, there's no other choice than MyBookie.ag. Get in on the action today. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code SKIN to activate the offer. That's promo code SKIN. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. A proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. It's time for you to put your own skin in the game. Armchair Quarterbacks Radio covers the whole SEC the whole season long. Chris Davis is going to drop back into the end zone in single safety. But I guess if this thing comes up short, he can field it and run it out. All right, here we go. 56-yarder. It's got, no, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran it back 109 yards. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Holy cow. Oh, my God. Auburn wins. Auburn has won the Iron Bowl. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays. Drive time? Find the Armchair Quarterback Show on Facebook today. Stop the world and let me off. Make sure to listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Primetime drive time. Armchair Quarterback Show on Facebook Live. And make sure to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app. Google Android. Apple iPhone. Good enough for us down here in the bike. Go Tigers and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Good morning. Good morning. 
Good morning. Good morning. It's time to wake your sleepy head. Wake up, y'all. It's time to get up with the armchair quarterbacks. The world of sports is changing every morning, so get up with the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. It's time to get up out of bed. I've been everywhere. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Football Friday. Kirk Herbstreet being quoted as saying our postseason is as bad as there is. What? What? You talk about cutting off the hand that feeds you. What is Kirk Herbstreet saying? Our 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 postseason is as bad as it gets. Is he, is he going to start crying again? We're going to start he hearing might. it. God, God. Depends on if Ohio State gets in or not. You know, I, I used to be a fan of his, and now he's just getting to the point where he's he's just unbearable to to deal with. What the hell is he talking about? Our postseason is as bad as it gets. I'm I'm kind of with him. I'm, you know, these guys do the same thing forever, and and you know, I think sometimes it's it's a little bit of overload. But I'm to the point where I like him more doing broadcast than i do on on game day yes nowadays. yes very much he I, th- I think he needs to transition out of the boot out of the game day maybe do a pop-in appearance via zoom and let and turn it over to uh what's the kid from georgia that uh pollock yeah pollock let pollock be in there i'll, I'll, I'll tell you who i think they need to oust that move herb straight out other than like you know like i say if he's going to do the broadcast you, you got to have him pop in from time to time but he's his, I don't know. He's just, I've gotten to where I can't stomach him. But the uh, the kid McAfee, if you had McAfee and you had Pollock in there, get rid of Desmond Howard. I can't deal with him anymore. He is just, I used to defend him too. I think you know this. I used to defend him. He is just terrible. And I just, I can't defend him anymore. He's trying to be nice, but I'm done being nice. That's my new, uh, my my New Year's resolution for 2021. I'm gonna I'm gonna be even less nice than that I because I'm sick and tired. Desmond Howard is so bad at what he does that okay maybe bringing him in on like get up for 10 minutes and talking okay. But the longer you have Desmond Howard on, the longer you listen to him, the more you're like, man, right. this guy's kind of incompetent, right? Right. It's it's kind of why you have me on for 30 minutes on Friday instead of, <laughs> instead of two hours. That is not true. Uh, they could do a hell of a lot worse than Tony Agolini. I can tell you that right now. Um, That's right. The, but I don't. I think you would have to bring in some kind of a Big Ten influence, right, to try to even it out. I don't know who you would bring in, but I say get rid of Howard and then just put 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 him out to pasture. I'm not the biggest fan of Reese Davis, but I think you're stuck. I'm sure they probably locked him into a 12 year contract or something. So what else are you going to do? You you damn sure don't want him yucking up some other sports. So just let him host his, his uh, college football show and let him do his thing. But the, I, I, I think that show needs new blood and I love the guy to death. He's a Seminole. I just, he, he is game day. But they've got to do less and less of Lee Corso because his his mental faculties just aren't there anymore. Yeah, and I and, hate and saying really, that. And and out of habit, you know, I usually put it on on ESPN for for game day or whatnot. 
I don't really like SEC Nation. I think it's like I, I get it. Like we spend all week talking SEC. Like on Saturday, I'm kind of ready to hear some other storylines around the around the country. So I don't usually turn into SEC Network. Um, but I think the Fox one has really good. The, the Fox pregame show has really good potential. It's just getting people out of that blind habit, like I'm in, that just you know good again, mesmerized man. and tune into ESPN right away, where the Fox one's probably pretty good. I know. Yeah, actually, I think it is. I, but what's the deal with the Fox one? It, it only starts like an hour before kickoff or something like that, right? Which is so, all you truly need, right? But I always forget because of that. That's that's why right. because we do our show from eight to nine, and at nine o'clock I, I flip it over to ESPN's background noise. I'll I'll do stuff around the house and whatnot. I don't lock in like I used to when I was a kid, right? But then when it comes to 11 o'clock, if I think of it, I'll flip over there. And because we're having this conversation right now, I might actually do it this week. But I always forget about it until, like, the game kicks off and they go to halftime. And, I, and I'm seeing Urban Meyer and all those guys sitting there and saying, man, I should have listened to that this morning. I didn't even think about it. I'm right. with you. They're, they sh when, when Urban they're Meyer actually, – They're actually breaking down games and they're not – you know, it's not – It's, it's you not know, stick. Right, and COVID storyline this, and, you know, they're actually, right. like, getting into details. So. Right, the, you know, the, 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 the constant, there has to be at least three, and I think it feels like it's, there's always five of those, what is his name, the, the bald guy with the glasses that always does the sappy reports. Um, yeah, not Rinaldi, it's, um, regardless, it's yeah, I yeah. can't, I can't think of his name, but regardless, He's just out there trying to win Emmys with this crap. But as far right. as content, it sucks. If you do one every great once in a while, that that's fine. But he they used to only do one, maybe one one a show. Now they right. do like five a show, and that's why they've drug it out to three hours. There's there's not three hours to talk about, especially this year when there's no 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 uh, out of conference games. Yep. Anyways. Let's go to the Big Ten, the Big Ten Championship. We'll talk more about this in length uh, tomorrow because the it's our last Dixie Football Nation. So I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna kind of punt the 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 SEC Championship till tomorrow because I don't think we're gonna have enough time. The Big Ten Championship. You see that any way in hell that being close? No, not I, really. I mean, you know, Ohio State comes around and, and comes out and screws around for the first half and, and keeps Northwestern close, but I just, I don't see it. I, and it sounds like Ohio state's going to have some guys out with, with obviously with COVID of course. So, um, you know, we'll see who that ultimately affects, but as long as it doesn't bother fields or their backup, they should be fine. And um, they've got enough depth up there to, to, you know, size and speed their way past uh, Northwestern. You could, you could probably play not to demean Northwestern, but you could probably play a skeleton bones, Ohio state team and, and still win by 10 over Northwestern. They're a 21-point favorite, and I know technically, statistically, Northwestern is a better defensive team than Indiana, but they were talking about this yesterday on ESPN, and they were trying to uh, sell you on the fact that because of the statistics, Northwestern would be able to shut down Ohio State, and it's going to be a very nip and tuck. No way those athletes at Northwestern or more dominant than what I've seen on that Indiana defensive line. So right. I think, I think that's going to be the biggest key in that entire thing is the fact that they're going to have to blitz. I believe to be able to get pressure on fields. They didn't have to do that with Indiana. Their, their front four was getting pressure by themselves. 
and how that leaves him exposed and how he adjusts to it will, will, will be a big deal. Let me throw a scenario out at you because we probably don't have time to get into all the championship games. But real quick, Pac-12 game is obviously the championship game is tonight. Southern Cal is a three-point favorite. I have been picking Oregon to win that game all week. What say you? Uh, I, I think I'm with you. Uh, and I've seen a little bit more of Oregon than I have Southern Cal. I actually caught uh, Southern Cal on replay the other day, and I was watching a little bit of it. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'll take Oregon in that one. Um, I think it would be a fun game, though, like a 30-27 to 27 kind of game. That's that's what I feel. I feel like uh, there's no way in the world I would take Southern Cal minus the points because I feel like it could come down to that field goal. I, I would rather have the points than be giving it up because it could be that close of a ball game. Yeah. But I'm seeing some goofy uh, post on, on ESPN, so I'm going to go ahead and throw the question to you. What is the supposed path to get the Gators into the playoffs? Uh, well, I don't um, see how would, the hell it happens, but it, it would start with Alabama forgetting about the game tomorrow night and just flat out not showing up, um, which will lead to a forfeit. So that's step one. Um, step two, I think, is having Notre Dame beat Clemson again, which I also think is improbable. Um, I don't know if AM is playing tomorrow or not. They are. They are. They are. They are playing uh, your uh, Tennessee Volunteers. Great. In, so in Knoxville. <laughs> so you have the, the the slowest and weakest Tennessee team that I've seen in a long time having to beat AM to knock them officially out of it. So if those three things happen, there's a there's a chance. Um, I, I was I was a little shocked to see us at, at you know as high as we were um, to kind of still give us a shot. I, I have a side feeling that it had to do with maybe getting some more eyeballs on that SEC championship game uh, to at least make it somewhat interesting, but. Um, yeah, I but mean, the strange thing is ESPN's writing the goofy article, by the way, I've, I've never heard of the girl that, that, that wrote the article. Um, yeah. so wh whoever her uncle is, you know, it, it's your fault that this is happening, but, um, <laughs> this, the, the, the championship games on CBS now. Yeah. So is. why is ESPN trying to promote that when, when they've got the ABC game is Cincinnati. Look, let's say Florida wins, whether it's by one or by 50. A and M, I think by default, if they win, gets in because they've got the one loss, right? Do you think people would vote still, still vote the Gators over A and M, just because they beat Alabama in the SEC championship game when they have two losses? Yeah, I I think it's weird, but it's also like it's it's tough to leave the SEC champion out. But part of me wants, you know, if if Florida wins and gets in, we're we're we would end up playing Alabama at some point anyway if, if you get to the final. Well, I, I know you always put the Big Big Ten champion in, but if Northwestern wins, they're not going to get in. No, and it's and Penn State won it a few years ago, and, and they were probably the, the fifth team out of the four. So I just – I don't know. What? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't apologize for getting in because it involves beating Bama, but uh, like I said, that's a that's a long shot at, at best. But, yeah, and then you've got A&M who beat us you know, on a last-second field goal. So let's say Notre Dame beats Clemson. Yeah, they have two losses. I still contend that they're more impressive because their two losses would be against Notre Dame. Although I do get why you don't put them in because, I mean, do we need to see Notre Dame versus Clemson three? Right. Unless it's just some historical game tomorrow where it's like quadruple overtime 
they lose by one and they're like, we got to see this again because the first game was great. So right. I, I could see that or something goofy happens and someone gets injured. Anyways, um, Ohio state gets beat. A&M gets upset by the Vols. Iowa state loses to Oklahoma, but Oklahoma still would win. So they would have two losses creeping up around there. That, I mean, that, that would be a hard argument. Who do you take Oklahoma or Florida? I mean, ultimately we're, we're counting on Tennessee to do the Lord's work. So, um, you know, that take, game take is that, that, that game. I believe is at noon stranger Jimbo Fisher has, well, he doesn't have that big of a history of, of blowing stuff like that. I, I, I think, I think I'll have him ready. I really do. Yeah, like, I do too. I can I can hate on Jimbo too all good. I want, like, but he's A and M's A and M's good. I, I didn't really believe in him until we played him, and and, and even after that, because they were kind of like our game the other night, although it wasn't as egregious. We we made enough mistakes in in that A and M game to let them back in it, even though we were up ten in the third. Um, but but I do think I mean they're they they're loaded. They got good talent. We were talking about Jimbo at the beginning of the year. Um, he I, I didn't look. I, I'm guessing he signed another you know top ten rec- or top fifteen or so recruiting class. Um, but he's, you know, he's, he's right now at the point where next year he's actually going to have his quarterback. He doesn't have to groom somebody else's quarterback. And some of these big time recruits that he's gotten in the last two years, they're going to be upperclassmen finally. So, um, I, I don't, I don't know. And not ready to knock Alabama off their pedestal or anything like that, but I do think they've got a shot to solidify themselves as the second team in the, in the West for a, a few good years here with Auburn hunting for yet another coach. Um, LSU is going to have to look to rebound next year, um, you know, and then you got your Mississippi's and Mississippi State. So, what's your best guess with what Auburn? Because I'm not buying the Lane Kiffin thing. No, it's not going to be Kiffin. I, I, ultimately, I think they're going to end up with with uh, their defensive coordinator Steele, which makes no sense to me. Um, you just paid Gus Malzahn a billion dollars to get out of that contract, and now you're just going to hire the defensive coordinator who's no been in way. the SEC forever. If, um, if but no, if if they hire Steele, then they they've given up. Yeah, that's that you can't get anyone zero. better than Steele. Nothing against right. Steele; he's a fine coordinator. But you're keeping the same regime when you said this regime sucks. It's different when the guy leaves you to go to another job and you and you elevate right. him. But I don't. What are you doing? I don't get it either. It's it's the opposite of what you need to do. Like new coaching hires now are, you know, they're they're under fifty. Um, they're they're. Off, offensive minded, usually like the successful ones nowadays. Um, and, and he doesn't tell you what, that. Like, I don't know what, why are more people not beating on the door of the, uh, coastal Carolina coach? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I know he signed an extension, which right. means nothing. Um, right. but you know, it just increases the buyout for the other school, which Cristobal just did the same thing at Oregon in the last day or two. Um, he would be an know, interesting I, hire. Really, yeah. Uh, Cristobal. Because he has a recruiting pipeline in the state of Florida, which would help out right. Auburn yeah, immensely. Yeah, at some point he's gonna he'll he'll be out of Oregon and he'll be at a at a good spot, um, at least to recruit nationally. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you on the Auburn thing. Billy Napier is a young assistant coach that um, he was a coordinator at Clemson oh. for a little bit. He's a coordinator at uh, I think he was on Alabama staff for a while. He's the guy that that McElwain should have brought as his offensive coordinator. Hugh Freeze. When he came to Florida. Hugh Freeze, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, Freeze has the green light from the SEC. Apparently, like he's kind of served his time long enough. There's, there's no, um, you know, there's, there's no like, um, oh, what's it called not due process, but there's no oh, show clause. There's no show clause for right. Freeze. Anybody can hire him. Um, he's very similar to Gus. I think he's a better. I think he's a better 
uh, play caller than than Gus. He doesn't run. Would that, you be like, more likely to go after Freeze or go after like Brent Venables from the defense coordinator from Clemson? Venables to me comes off kind of like a Bud Foster, where maybe he's okay making two million dollars a year as Clemson's defensive coordinator and just wants to just wants to do that. Um, I, I mean, I would lean towards Freeze over that over over Venables, um, just because Freeze has been a head coach before. I think that's a big thing, and why I don't understand why a school like Auburn would just promote a defensive coordinator. But um, I'll, I'll work on maybe some stuff today and come up with a come up okay. with a good list for you. Yeah, tomorrow. that sounds good. There's, there, there's some there's some good like coaching prospects out there. There's not like that one guy that everybody's jumping over to get, other than maybe Freeze. Or or maybe Gus Malzahn for other people. They're like, man, that's right. <laughs> you, exactly. You just got on the chopping block because Gus yeah. Malzahn's available. But, Butch Davis has been signed by Arkansas State, so everybody can can calm down about <laughs> looking for Butch Jones. What What is your walk off for the day, sir? Uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow's show. It should be a lot of fun. Championship Saturday, and uh, we'll we'll see uh, see what happens. Yeah the the uh, the other thing. One more thing to think about. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Did that top 10 recruiting class save Jim Harbaugh's ass? Because Ooh, he's, I mean, you, if you go in, you fire him. Will those kids go, well, I don't want to be here because th- they can right. walk away. We'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, like great job. We'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on the uh, Dixie Football Nation. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk the National Football League and a couple of college games that we won't be able to get to, to tomorrow. So I'm going to go ahead and hit them up on the next exit. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. You're very lucky that you're with somebody as resilient as Frank Reynolds. You tried to off yourself two times in the last 24 hours, Frank. Here in St. Augustine, Top Gun Supply is the friendly gun shop. Top Gun Supply stocks a wide range of firearms. They buy and sell used guns. Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16 in St. Augustine. The friendly gun shop. A proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. Sing along with us, ACC football covered like no other here on the Armchair Quarterback. Against the blitz, touchdown Florida State. Rock Preston scores the touchdown, and now it's Bowden's decision, and he sends Maori onto the field right away. Danny Connell is the holder. Maui ties it. This game is over. A 31-31 tie. A 31-31 tie. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Justin Ross, a freshman wide receiver. Big, rangy. And Trevor Lawrence knows, throw it up against that single coverage. Give him a chance to make a play on a 50-50 ball. If you're a fan of the ACC, pull up an armchair. You're home. What the hell's going on out here? Everybody's driving out there. Nobody's touching. Just driving, everybody. Grab, grab, grab. Nobody's touching. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays. Drive time? Find the Armchair Quarterback Show on Facebook today. If I leave here tomorrow. Fantasy Sports is back, and it's time to jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it. And, of course, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football are on the way. 
Go to DraftKings.com. Listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. You're riding Morning Shotgun with the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here weekdays, streaming on the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Download it today. Your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. Listen in your office, in your car, or even your neighborhood bar. You can listen with your whole family. We're crab people now. Crab. We're crab people now? Yes. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. We are one week away from Christmas. Can you believe it? And two weeks away from getting the hell out of 2020. Oof. Kidnack, it, can't, it can't come any faster. It cannot come any faster. Before we get into a couple of NFL games, wanted to talk about a couple of college games, some of the lines that I'm seeing that we probably won't be able to get into to tomorrow. So first of all, I'm going to hit you up with, with, with a couple of the, the lines that I'm taking. I'm doing a six-pack today like I always do on Friday. I'll do three now, and I'll do another three when Matt joins me here in just a few minutes. The first one on the six-pack is I'm going to take – look, this game, Oregon, plus three-and-a-half tonight. I want to make sure that that line has not changed. The last one I saw was three-and-a-half. And I want to make sure I'm talking about it intelligently and not just what I saw last night. Uh, yes, three and a half Oregon Ducks are getting three and a half points. The over-under is a little high for me, 64 and a half. Though those two defenses probably will give up a lot of yards and a lot of points. To get to 64 and a half, you have to have a lot of things go right. You, you can't have stalled drives, turnovers deep in people's territory. So a 34 type of 30 game, a 35-30, 35-31 to hit that 64 and a half. That's, that's just too rich for my blood. Conversely, I would not take the under either because I think that those two teams' defense – have just not played very well this year. So I, I like the Oregon Ducks, plus three and a half. Give me them, and uh, we move on from that one. The SEC title game. Now, the actual line is 17 right now. I do think that is going to go up. So if you really think that the Florida Gators can cover that spread, it's, it's actually at 17 and a half now. If you think the Gators can cover that spread, you may want to sit back and wait because traditionally that game, the SEC championship game, gets a lot of money bet on it. That's going to be a little weird because of the two NFL games tomorrow. We'll get into that in a second. But it's an 8 p.m. kickoff. They, they typically are the 4 o'clock kickoff. I don't think I like that. I, I, I like the idea of the SEC championship game kicking it all off at 4 o'clock. It feels weird that it's that it's going to be the the night game and that the ACC championship is is the mid-afternoon game. I like it the, better, the other way around. I like it when the SEC championship is on at 4 o'clock and there is nothing else 
competing with it. And you just you get locked into the SEC title game and away you go. When you do it at 8 o'clock, you are going to be competing against because if the AFs if if the if if we had Florida at four o'clock, they would would have put Clemson Notre Dame at eight o'clock. The Tulsa Cincinnati game would have been somewhere mid afternoon, right? It doesn't really matter because you're just flip flopping the times. But to me, it feels better when the SEC championship game is essentially kicking it all off. We've got games at noon, but none of them, to me, are that big a deal. You've got the Big 12 championship. Okay, I get it. The winner of that has an outside chance of making it. I'm going to be pulling for Iowa State just because I like to pull for the underdog, but don't really have it. I don't have any real belief that the winner of that makes the, the championship game. Same thing with the Big 10 championship game. If Ohio State wins like is strongly expected, they're going to walk into the playoffs. If they don't win, Northwestern's not getting in, so it's not it's not a situation of you win, you're in. It's more of if you don't win, you might be out. But hell, the way they've done with Ohio State, they might still put them in. It's a little absurd what they have done with Ohio State and the Big Ten over the years, we're just assuming that, that they – and only one time have they walked away with the champion during these playoffs, and usually Ohio State gets embarrassed in the playoffs. Last year was different. Last year they played a very tight game against Clemson. But remember the year before, a couple of times they've been blown out in the, in the playoffs. To just assume that Ohio State at 5-0 and going into 6-0 and is an elite team is a huge assumption. But the but the line that I like the most on it, the 45 and a half Alabama team total is 45 and a half. I'm taking Alabama. If Florida does win that game, they're going to have to score like 60 because Alabama is going to score on the Gators. The only way that doesn't happen is if they just don't take the game seriously and they kind of sleepwalk through it. I don't see Alabama doing that. That is not in Nick Saban's DNA. What? When is the last time we saw a Nick Saban team just not show up? They might get beat because Clemson had a better team than them a couple of years ago, right? But they didn't lose because they were... Not ready for the game. They lost because they didn't. They, they weren't a. They were outclassed. That was a really good Clemson team that blew the doors off of Alabama. We're going to see what Al, I think Alabama's there for a statement tomorrow, and I, I I like them scoring more than forty-five. I know it's a high score, and they could get a huge lead and and just pump the brakes. But I like Alabama getting over forty-five and a half. Uh, the next one that I like on the docket would be the NFL, go to the NFL. The Giants have shot up to a six-and-a-half-point underdog. It might get as high as seven or so because it is the Sunday night game. There's not a lot of belief in the Giants. I think they will bounce back. They will at least cover the spread. They might even get the W. You know Freddie Kitchens wants to get that W. He's going to be the offensive coordinator making the calls this week because they're uh, – coordinator 
who used to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, Jason Garrett, he is out from the game because of a COVID. So he turns the reins over to Kitchens, and of course Kitchens is going up against his old team. So you got that storyline. But also, remember something. Is a high winning percentage if you take the spread against the team that just played on Monday night. They're helped a little bit because they're playing on Sunday night. And they're not having to play an early game. So you get a little bit of a break. But it's a short week. And these NFL teams, they they are in, they've always been creatures of habit. And when they're used to doing certain things at a certain way at a certain time, they always end up dropping the ball, so to speak, when they go on short weeks. We saw with the Steelers the last couple of weeks. They've had two short weeks. They've had two losses. And have looked sluggish and slow. You saw it with the with the Raiders last night. I think to a man, even with the injury to Derek Carr, which by the way, Mariota played phenomenally last night. I think nine times out of ten, the Raiders win that game by a touchdown or two. It was a short week, and granted. The Chargers were on a short week, but that plays into the it plays into the hand of the underdog. So I like the Giants plus six and a half. Uh, if you can get it all the way up to seven, my God, buy the hook and take it to seven and a half. Um, the <laughs> and Brian is eight up with his freaking uh, uh, with his uh, Mister Patterson. Um, the uh, he's Brian saying that he that he likes the Buffalo Bulls tonight. I don't. I'm honest with you. I've only watched one Buffalo game. They've looked pretty good. Two touchdowns is a is a huge line, and I think what I like over that is I like the under in that game sixty eight. I think that's a high under. It's going to high. High, high, high to get to that. Nebraska and uh, Rutgers, by the way, tonight, it's minus six and a half. At the Cornhuskers are giving up six and a half at Rutgers. Rutgers has played really well at home this this year. They've got a winning record against the spread. Keep an eye on that one. See if that thing creeps up towards kickoff. And watching both those teams all year long, I think they're pretty flat-footed. The fact that Nebraska's that, that Rutgers has gotten no love this year, and it's really strange. But Rutgers has gotten no love. I don't know if there's a huge fan base there that it's betting against Rutgers because remember they're in New Jersey, and New Jersey just got sports gambling legalized back in September. So I don't know if that's what is swaying it, where you got people who just don't believe in Rutgers because they're they're there in New Jersey. Hell, who knows? Maybe the mob's involved in that one. But I think Rutgers, to a man, is going to play a pretty good game. I'm a little surprised that they are not that they're an underdog, but a seven, a touchdown underdog to Nebraska. Nebraska, what has Nebraska done that it has 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 people saying, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll lay the points there with Nebraska." I feel like they're the same flavor we saw the last couple of years. Scott Frost next year is going to have to make or break. That's his make or break season. If Scott Frost doesn't make a run at the Big Ten 
championship game, they're going to start looking elsewhere because he's he gets a little bit more of a pass because because he, he he's their he's their uh, their golden boy, right? But that only lasts for so long. Nebraska they never should have left the Big 12, but now that they've stepped in their mess kit and they're in the Big 10, they got to find a way to win in what is the easier, much easier division of the two. When I saw them split those division years ago, my assumption was that Nebraska would turn it around and you would get a fight between Nebraska and Wisconsin every year. That has never played out. It's usually Wisconsin, and then every once in a while you get a year like this year where Northwestern pops up out of nowhere. But Nebraska is just, it's ridiculous. They've been, they've not even sniffed the Big Ten championship game. I'm not saying next year they need to be thinking about that they can take down Ohio State in the, in the Big Ten title game. I'm saying by next year they need to be on, by, by the end of the season, they need to be in the conversation of making the Big Ten championship game. That ship sails like early September with them most years. They'll rattle off three losses in embarrassing fashion. You're like, well, that's it. We'll see you next year, Nebraska. And it's been before Scott Frost. I don't know it. it I don't know if he can't turn that around. Who the hell can? Because if he can't get you to come to Nebraska, who the hell can? I'm not familiar with all of their facilities and whatnot, but I've never heard great things about the Nebraska facilities. So it's going to have to start at, at the dollar. What's what's the famous line that's always used? Always follow the money. They're going to have to put money into that program in Nebraska if, if they're going to if they're going to save that. Let's flip over to the National Football League. Some of the games of interest going into the weekend. First of all, you got the doubleheader tomorrow. A lot of people may not know this. They may not be paying attention to this. I, for one, am. I am excited about a doubleheader of the NFL at the same time that we've got championship games. That's because I've got three, four monitors going on in my living room. I'm sure a lot of people are like, this sucks. I, <laughs> you know, why are they doing it this weekend when, when I had, why couldn't they pick the other days to go up against it, right? But you're in the fantasy football championship or semifinals in most leagues. If you're in the semifinals in most leagues and you and you've got a stake in the hunt or even if you're doing DFS that Buffalo Denver game might be a big deal to you. You might have Josh Allen. Green Bay definitely could be a big deal. Carolina Green Bay, you're talking about two teams in Carolina. It does not look like CMC is going to go, so you'll get Mike Davis again. So there's a lot of Mike Davis owners out there. Then, of course, you've got Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Tunyon, the tight end. There's a lot of things to like about fantasy football tomorrow. So you're going to have that going on at the same time as the ACC and SEC championship games. So that's so... That's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Um, Buffalo is a six and a half point favorite at Denver. I don't like that. I know a lot of people are going to jump on that. Denver has played better over the last few weeks. They're going to be at home. Buffalo on a short week and having to travel. I think they're going to struggle. I think they'll probably get the win, 
but they're going to struggle, and that's a big, big line in the National Football League to cover. To cover the the a, a six and a half, seven point spread in the NFL, you have to essentially dominate the game to where the fourth quarter you're just churning up clock. Other than that, most NFL games are decided within the last five to six minutes. So that's a lot of points to lay. Conversely, I think the Packers are going to blow out the, the, the Panthers. And fantasy football players better hope they do because that's going to be a big, big thing. I'm, I'm, a, I'm going to do a lot of DFS this weekend. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I've got my semifinals set. I've pretty much set my lineup, so I, I think I'm going to get into some DFS this weekend, especially with games being played on Saturday. It kind of opens it up a little more. Bucks Falcons Sunday. Falcons getting six and a half at home. The, the people are betting on the Bucks on what they thought they were going to be and not what they actually are. If the Buccaneers get that W, fair enough and good for them. But I don't have a whole hell of a lot of confidence that they're going to go in Atlanta and beat the Falcons by a touchdown, a division rival that can put points up. Now, it looks like Julio Jones probably won't play. It doesn't matter if he does or not. The Falcons will, will score points. In the Bucks, you would think they would score points, but sometimes they come out sleepwalking. That's a high over-under, by the way, 49-and-a-half. If I was going to take it one way or the other, I'd actually probably take the under, but I, I'm steering clear of that. Uh, Miami versus New England. This is one of the games that I really like. We'll talk about it uh, in the next hour, but Miami is going to uh, be a two-point favorite against New England. New England has dominated that series. You've got Tua going up against the Bill Belichick defense. We know how is he twenty one and five against rookie quarterbacks over his career, but then you've got the other end of the spectrum, right? And you've got Cam Newton who is done, and he is on the road against a very good and underrated Miami Dolphin defense. How good are these two defenses? going to play how well how well are these two defenses going to play against each other the over under is 41 and a half i am shocked by that 41 and a half that is a low over under but then i look at it and i go i don't know would i take would i take the over i don't know if i would I feel like that that's the safe play, but those are two struggling offenses with two very good defenses. If I was going to go any way on that over, I think I would be more likely to take the Dolphins scoring 21 and a half. I feel better that that happens than the actual over happens because the Dolphins create points from their defense and Cam Newton likes to turn the ball over. We talked about the Browns Giants, Buffalo Green Bay. One more on the college uh, spectrum won't get too much into tomorrow, but Florida State is a touchdown underdog on the road to 
Wake Forest. I think they're going to cover that spread. Whether they get the win or not, who knows? This is still a team that's still learning. Some there's some you'll you'll see them on certain drives. They they look like world beaters, but they normally don't put it all together like they did when they beat North Carolina. So there's going to be an interesting game tomorrow. The over under sixty six and a half. That seems extremely high. Though neither one of those defenses are any good. Sixty six and a half. Once again, you're expecting everything to go right. There's no late turnovers, none of that. So I I, I normally don't do this, but I like Florida State with the points. I, I, I wouldn't get them on the money line. Money line's too rich for my blood. Florida State, in all likelihood, will lose that game. It's on the road. They have not played well at all on the road. Their Ws have all came at home this year. But... A touchdown is a lot in the ACC when when it's not Clemson or, or Notre Dame playing. Usually these ACC games are very, very close. Let's take a quick break. Matt Carr is, is on the way. And when we come back, we're going to talk a lot of stuff, including the NBA starts Tuesday. Who's going to win it all? Who is going to win it all? Who do y'all think is going to win it all? We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. You can't handle the truth. Hey there, pal. First draft? How can you tell? Look, there's a few things you're going to want to know. Kickers go fast. You're going to take one early. And don't worry about running backs. You can always trade for one later. Cool, thanks. And one more thing. It's good to have you here. You're my friend. Armchair. Do you love to shop for guns? We're also looking for friendly service. Well, the search is over. Top Gun Supply here in St. Augustine is the friendly gun shop. The staff is very knowledgeable. Frank and Kirk can answer whatever questions you may have and assist you with your AR build. They have a great selection of ammo at great prices. They also carry a full line of targets, cleaning supplies, Lucas Oil products, and firearm magazines. Top Gun Supply is a Glock Blue Label dealer for military and first responders. So what are you waiting for? Stop on by Top Gun Supply of St. Augustine, 525 State Road 16, here in the Westgate Plaza. Top Gun Supply, the friendly gun shop. We are the Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for sports talk live from the First Coast. The last segment of the Armchair Quarterbacks app, radio show, and Facebook Live. We're talking baseball. We'll be talking fantasy baseball, pickups, trades, who's hot, who's not, sleepers and butts. And with that, we'll also be talking real baseball, how these players perform and what it means to their teams and what to look for. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks, talking baseball. 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central, the last segment of the Armchair Quarterbacks app, radio show, and Facebook Live. Take me out to the race game. Take me out to the truck. Downtown St. Pete, we in Tampa Bay. We changed our name, now we changing the game. Our home runs go into the race tank. Players go crossing the plate. One, two, three runs are scored and the race won the game. This year's dumpster fire. Was it always burning? Well, it keeps on burning. This year's a dumpster fire. No, we didn't like it, but we tried to fight it. Here's a big old screw you, 2020, from the Armchair Quarterbacks and Armchair Quarterback Nation. This is a dumpster fire. No, 
No, we didn't like it, but we tried to fight it. K-I-S-S-M-Y-A-S-S spells kiss my ass. <laughs> You'll be the gut, or you haven't got style. Style. If you've got it, you stand out a mile. Sports Talk Radio. You either got or you haven't got style. Tune in weekdays here on the Armchair Quarterbacks, CBS Sports Radio. You go to hell. You go to hell and you die. I'm going to find out who you are. No, I don't think you can. Armchair. Community Access Channel. It's like people only do things because they get paid. And that's just really sad. Look. You can stay here in the big leagues and play by the rules, or you can go back to the farm club in Aurora. It's your choice. Yes, and it's the choice of a new generation. <laughs> Welcome back here to the Armchair exactly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ray's been retired for quite some time. Uh, well, join us on the Armchair Quarterbacks as always on Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern. Mr. Matt Carr. Matt, how the hell are you this morning, sir? Doing good, man. I just I was looking at my notes from uh, last week, and I took the under on the UNC Miami game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said I said UNC would win that game big, but I did not expect what I saw. Yeah, that yeah that was a uh, that was definitely not the under. <laughs> it was sixty nine and a half. Oh, was it? Okay, I actually thought the under was actually was it was actually lower than that. So yeah, that's even still. Wow. Did you know that Diaz used to coach at MTSU? He coached at MTSU. He was a defensive coordinator for like four years. I did not know that until like last week. Was he under uh, the current head coach? Yeah, he was under Stock. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, Stock still is a Florida State guy. He's got a lot of ties to right. Florida, and of course, as does uh, uh, Diaz. So that makes sense to me. No, I I did not realize. I, I always knew that he was a coordinator at uh, at Miami. And I honestly hadn't followed down that trail. If I did know it, I I, I didn't remember it. Yeah, I, I didn't know until last week, and I was like, and I, I called the guy out, and I was like, no. <laughs> and I, I was before I was before opening up the Google machine, you went old school. You're an idiot. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. remember. Oh, oh, wait a minute, what? <laughs> okay, so the National Basketball Association begins Tuesday. Like it or not, ready or not, here you know, here they come. Um, are you excited about the beginning of the season or is it kind of getting lost because it's so close to Christmas in the middle of football? What's your, what's your temperature right now on the beginning of the national basketball association? Uh, I'm actually excited about it. Uh, I'm always excited about it to the beginning of the year. Um, after the bubble last year, I could care less and use the same way. Uh, but I turned on the game I think two nights ago as a Lakers Phoenix, 
and it was like late third quarter and the stars were still playing. I was like, okay, cool. It's not a, it's not a difficult preseason game. They're actually playing. Yeah, uh, they mean, only gave them a couple of preseason games, so that's why they're actually playing, right? Right. They need and, to and, go and to that, that. They need to go to that model going forward. By the way, but they 100%. won't. They won't because they, won't. they want yeah. people to buy the tickets, right? But yeah, but I mean, I, I, I'm actually excited about it. Uh, there's some there's some good headlines this year. Uh, the court looks a lot better, like I, I said last week. So uh, hopefully, Forbes will come back sometime to be on this show to talk about it. So looking forward to that too. I'm gonna wear him down. I'm gonna get him to. Uh, agree to it after after a few drinks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I miss him on the show, especially about NBA because I know he's a big fan, and 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 we all felt about this, we all felt the same way about it last year. It's just some harder than others. So last week, last Saturday, I believe is when it came up. You talked about have you seen the games, the new preseason games, what did you think? And I, I kind of scammed it or skimmed through it, but I didn't really set to sit down and watch one. Then I watched a little bit of that Boston game that was on TNT the other night versus Philly. And then I actually caught a little bit of the, of the game you were talking about Phoenix and LA. And there was another game. I don't remember what game it was, but it was just, it wasn't like appointment TV. This is preseason, but I flipped over there and I can't tell you how much happier I was to see the courts, let's put the social justice warrior junk aside, right? Obviously, we everyone was burned out by that. It was it was a terrible move, and they never should have done it. It was it was a stupid business decision. Is what it was, right? But let's put that junk aside. Not having to see the social justice warrior junk that is so phony that it, it, don't, it doesn't even begin to tip the again the tip of the iceberg. Man, but, that's so phony. <laughs> but the other thing was when they design those courts in Orlando it had that we, we talked about it at the time it had that Brooklyn net feeling to it right it was yeah, dark it, was it, felt, it felt it felt like they were playing a dark movie theater as opposed to a stage which is what an NBA game has always felt like to me it's a stage right because it's brightly lit you can see the players the when you have fans they're kind of they're seen but they're not the what you're looking at is your center stage. And I saw it the other day and for first time in a long time, it felt like a year I was watching an NBA game because right. it didn't have that. I mean, they did a terrible job in Orlando, not just a social warrior justice crap, but the fact that they just did a terrible, that is my least favorite team to watch in the NBA is the Brooklyn Nets has nothing to do with Kyrie Irving. It's the fact that I don't like the way that their stadium has ever been lit I tried to pull for them when they traded the Celtics over to the Nets. What was that about right. eight, eight, eight years, seven, eight years ago? I couldn't do it. I was like, man, everything's drab in here. It feels just, it feels like you don't have black and white TV on. You got like gray. You're just sitting there just, just, oh, it felt like Seattle afternoon. Were you always seeing the movies where it's gray and like drizzling rain? That that's what it looked like to me. So I I'm excited to see. I think it wasn't that Phoenix game being played in Phoenix, right? I, I think so. I think it was. I, I didn't pay enough attention to that. That that was the court that jumped out at me. That I was like, you know what? This feels like the NBA again. 
I'm always right. going to have a disdain when I see Philadelphia's court. <laughs> just, you know, screw them. But, uh, but uh, the Suns, it felt like we were watching center stage. So I, I'm excited about it. So we're going to do the, the predictions of the Eastern Conference and Western Conference semifinals, then the finals, and then the finals. Or the, then the conference finals, and then the obviously the NBA finals and the champion. I went a little bit out of a limb. Not as far as you did with Golden State last year, but I went a little far out on a limb. You will never live that down, by the way. Um, <laughs> until this year when you picked the Orlando Magic to make the run. Uh, <laughs> they are back. They're hot, baby. baby. They're hot. Penny, yeah. Hardaway, Penny Hardaway is not working out as a coach. He's going to go play again. Who do you have? I'm interested to see. Who, what are your matchups in the Eastern Conference semis? The semis, I got Boston versus probably Philly. Actually, no, you know, I'm going Boston Heat. Okay. In the semis. Uh, and honestly, I would love to watch that series again. I mean, that was actually, I mean, we, we lost 4-2 last year to them. That was a good series, honestly. Uh, until that block by Bam that destroyed our the rest of the, se- the season for us. That was a good series. Um, and then... The next, uh, I got Celtics Bucks in the the finals. Okay, but in the semis, you only have two teams. So what's going on there? You got Boston in the Heat. Who are the Bucks? Uh, uh, so Bucks Philly. Sorry, Bucks Phillies. Okay, I've got Boston versus the Nets and Milwaukee versus the Heat. Okay, and I guess our biggest. Because it's hard to figure out the 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 seating in the NBA. It's right. It's a, it's a crap. I just shoot. think Kyrie, man, and this is not just being a hater. I just maybe it is. Uh, he's a cancer, and I just don't. I agree. But I was taking I, the I, lesser two evils. I'm banking on the fact that Kevin Durant, so good, will get them farther than Brokefoot Mountain over there with uh, Joel Embiid. He's had so many injury problems, and yeah. he, he he had a sore foot the other day. I was like, "Here we go, here we go." And what I'm really banking on is they're going to make a trade for James Harden, and the whole thing is going to implode on each other. It's just going to just going to crater. So you've okay, got right. Boston playing Milwaukee for the Eastern Conference Finals. Correct. I do too. Now the Western Conference semis. What? Who are the four teams that you have in there? I have the Lakers. Uh huh. The Clippers. Okay. I have um, Houston. Uh, Houston. Who's uh, <laughs> Houston? Uh, uh, Denver. Yeah. And and the Golden State Warriors. You're you're you're, you're going to be shocked by this. I've got the same exact four. I think Denver. I, and, I think it's going to be Denver versus the Clippers because I think they'll be the two three seed. But I think Golden State will sneak in the back door. I don't have a lot of faith in any of, the, any, any of the other Western Conference teams. I think for the first time in a long time, the Eastern Conference is deeper. Yeah. Utah's my five. Now, they're top-heavy, the Eastern Conference. Right. But they're deeper as far as one through five, one through six, right? The Western Conference, if you go one to eight, yeah, it's it's a little deeper because whoever gets to the eighth seed in the East is, would get demolished by whoever gets in the eighth seed in the West, right? But I think that the East is deeper up top. The East reminds me of what the SEC is. 
you, you got some good teams at the top and they suck at the bottom. The the West the Western Conference to me is more of what when they are at the top of their game, what the Big Ten is. It was not necessarily this year, but when the Big Ten is going strong, the Big Ten is usually the deeper conference, top to bottom, because you, you the Penn States and the and the you know, like last year, the Big Ten was definitely deeper, but you but the top of the SEC is normally stronger. So that's the way I look right. at that. Who do you have getting to the Western Conference Finals? Golden State, uh, the, the Golden State, and the Lakers. You can die on that hill. Uh, I'm going to take the Lakers for obvious reasons. And I was torn between this, between the Clippers and Denver, but here's my here's my thinking. I don't trust Paul George. I think that he thinks that he's elite. I think he thinks that he's some kind of playoff warrior. And what the reality is, he's a choker. He doesn't show up in big games. He doesn't show up in big moments. And so Kawhi Leonard is going to have to do it all by himself. How Kawhi Leonard got tricked into thinking that Paul George was the answer, like 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 he was going to be his Robin, I I'll never understand. And I, and and my my other NBA draft I had last Saturday, uh, I I picked him because I had to. There was. It just made sense to pick him at the point I had to pick. Yeah, well, yeah, but you weren't taking him in the top ten or anything, right? No, it yeah. wasn't top ten. I mean, no, it, it was a keeper league, so I had him. In, I think it was like the third or fourth round. Okay, so that that's understandable in fantasy, but I'm talking about in real basketball. Getting, right. I'm talking about getting into. Normally, I say to get to June, but I think this year it'll be August. Which, by the way, I'm totally fine with. I wish they would have done this yeah. years ago. Right, it stretches everything out and. That's another topic for for another day, but I'm I'm much more excited about this year's calendar than I have been in years past. Um, but I just so I got the Lakers. I'm going to take Denver to get to the uh, okay. the conference finals. I just my thought processes and theory is that the Denver players are going to take that next step that they didn't take last year. That's a deep. Denver's a deep team, man. Uh, I picked them last year to upset some people. They're so, very uh, two thousand four Detroit Pistons to me. Right. Yeah. Now I see that. If they only had Tayshawn Prince, it'd be lightning, <laughs> lightning, baby. <laughs> okay, so who do you have in the finals, and who wins it all? Um, I have the Celtics and the Lakers. Old school. The battle. The yeah, the battle for. Was it nineteen? Was what banner eighteen? Um, yeah. Well, Lakers got eighteen. I got Celtics winning it all, man. I think I think Jason Tatum's grew two inches to be six ten now, <laughs> so you can compete with anybody. Okay, I had something very similar. So I'll, I'll so just for argument's sake, I'll, I'll I'll change mine. So I'll take Milwaukee versus Denver. Okay. Um, I'd watch that. I'd watch that as well. And I've got Denver winning it all. I think it's. I think you're going to hear whining and crying from LeBron about how it's too hard to, after just a couple of months off, to play all these games and blah blah blah. He, he he's he's already setting it up for an excuse. So that's right. why I think Denver's going to be just a little more young, a little more spry, 
they find a way to get in. I, I did have Boston in in the uh, title game, but I, I'll go with Milwaukee. I think Boston gets in there if they do something at the trade deadline to shore up their their front court. All right. I they, think Naismith's going to be a great addition. Honestly, I'm looking forward to watching him play. Yeah, but I'm talking about they need a veteran that can bang the boards. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like that they missed some opportunities during free agency and trades to do that very thing. And they've done it. It's driven. It's driven us nuts. So yeah. the good thing is we'll have stuff to talk about for months and months and months and months. But what's the bad part is it's giving me an ulcer. And I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the championship because I cannot continue to watch Danny Ainge hold on to these damn draft picks like they're gold. And they always turn into some second round junk five years from now. Yeah. But is it, is, did it turn? It's, so, so it's a seventy-one game series. So that our season. So that'll be it'll be interesting. I believe be it's quick, seventy-two, but seventy-two. So yeah, yeah. So it'll be a quick season. NBA NBA always goes quick to me anyway. So I we'll see how this goes. Seventy-two won't go quick. It'll it'll drag till they'll have the regular season. Done around late May is what my guess is. They've only released the first half of the season schedule, I guess, because they're wanting to figure out where they're at on the pandemic. So, so, so they punted the second half schedule. But my guess is they're going to finish the season late May, and you will play the playoffs the month of June. The month of July and it finished like mid, early to mid uh, August because the playoffs usually take about two and a half months. So I mean, I guess that the reason for taking it down to seventy-two games is trying to trying to get the next couple of seasons back down to the normal start time. I would assume. Well, no fans in the stands. Right. That that was the main reason. No fans in the stands. They didn't want to have to have as many games. They were willing to concede that they were going to have to pay the players because they're not going off some kind of prorated salary. They're, they're getting their full salary for the games they're playing, and they felt like if they – so they left it up to the players. The players didn't want to come back until uh, mid to late January because they wanted a longer deal. But the problem was if you did that, you were going to miss out on, on the Christmas – they and yeah. that's a huge part of their television package and so they i saw a thing uh the other day that had they missed that window it was going to cost each team about 50 million dollars per oh, wow. so yeah. that's how they ended up playing this coming week had and so what the owners did is they said if you don't come back by Christmas and you want to go mid January, then 72 is off the table. We're going to play 50. And that's how they got the players to play. So the average fan goes, well, they're only talking about playing three weeks later. How the hell does that equate into 22 games missed? Right. But it was because of the money they were going to miss that Christmas day contract is huge. Huge yeah, I mean, part of their I mean, because yeah. their regular season gets bad ratings as it is. And of course, we, who knows what it's going to be this year? I'll be interested to see how, how that goes. But
But it, it'll be up from the bubble, but I, it's still gonna be down. Well, anything's gonna be up from the bubble, right? If if me and you invite a friend to watch, that's just, it's gonna be up from the bubble. If if we can get Forbes to watch with us, it's it's gonna be up by thirty three percent. All right, so there you have it. I've got Denver winning it all. You've got Boston winning it all, and uh, we both have the. Uh, Lakers in the you've got the Lakers making it to the to the finals. I've got them in the semis. I've got Boston in the semis. And I went in and took Milwaukee. I wanted to be a little different because that way we can't both be atrociously wrong, right? <laughs> There's I mean so I think I set the bar pretty high last year. <laughs> yeah, I well I didn't want to have a repeat of where we're both going, okay, Boston versus Lakers and LeBron tears his ACL and the and Danny Ainge goes full Danny Ainge about it and trades away our good players for draft picks. Jason Tatum never never go full Danny Ainge. <laughs> Danny Ainge is out there. You're a year late because Danny Ainge trades Tatum to the uh, to the to the to the Golden State Warriors because they're they're gearing. That's, that's going to be honestly, man. The Warriors is going to be a fun team to watch for the next about eight years, I think. I'm hoping Wiseman actually is able to play uh, opening night, but it's not looking like it. it. Looks like him and Draymond Green might miss some time, but I'm gonna watch him. I'm gonna be pulling for him. I I don't hate him like I did because Durant's not there. Nothing against Durant. I just I, I don't like the uneven teams. It pisses me off, and I think they should do something about yeah. that. I think you should only have to be able to ever ever. This should be a rule. You should only ever be able to carry two supermax teams, supermax players. On your roster at any time. To I mean, the Warriors had the Warriors only had two supermax people. I'm talking about well, supermax as far as supermax, and then of course there's the max. So like to get to the actual supermax, there's only like a handful that are actually super supermax. But then there's a, there's a ring below that with the max, which is where Clay Thompson fell. I think right. should, what, I think she, what you got last year. I mean, I mean, Golden State drafted that team. They signed one player. They, they I didn't agree with it either. They could implement a rule to keep a guy like Durant being being able to be signed a, a deal over to Golden State, like like they did with Chris Paul and the Lakers. Right, <laughs> like that's what yeah, I'm saying. I, I get it. It's terror. Yeah. It's terrible for the league. Yeah, I get it. In other words, like Boston should have to build around Tatum and Brown. They shouldn't be able to bring in Harden, right? It's, it, but every team should be like that. It shouldn't just be, shouldn't be just, anyways. Um, so what you're saying is you don't want Harden in Boston. I do not. <laughs> that is not what I'm looking for. You think 2020 sucked? Wait till 2021 hits. We have to deal with Harden every every single day. Okay. Let's go into your picks against the spreads. Interesting to see. Interesting to see where you are going this week. Uh, I'll go ahead and throw you mine out. Uh, I I gave three earlier uh, last last uh, hour. NFL. The only thing I took was was the uh, I'm taking the Giants plus the six and a half. But in the NFL, because I'll do more college tomorrow. Buffalo, Denver, the over-under is 49. I like the under. I think that's going to be a sloppy game. Buffalo's on a short week. Denver's got a good defense. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored in that game. The the uh, Colts, 
Team total tomorrow is 28 and a half or Sunday against the Texans, who they just played two weeks ago and only scored 26. I don't think they get over 28 points. I really don't. I think it's if they win, it's going to be a close, low-scoring game. You usually see that second game of a uh, of, of a rivalry game, especially when they're only separated by three weeks, usually low-scoring. And then the other one that I really like, I don't understand why Miami's only a two-point favorite at home against Cam Newton. So I like the Dolphins minus two. I think that defense is going to swarm. What say you? I'm going – I picked four. Um, I got the Jags covering Baltimore's a 14-point spread. I got that. Should, that should be an easy cover for the Jags, I think. Um, yeah, that, that's a high number. Yeah, four, four, two touchdowns is a lot in, in NFL, period. Right. Um, I got – and I'll, I'll do three because I feel stupid by this time I picked it. So I picked three. Uh, I take the Cowboys to win outright over the 49ers. That's a two and a half point spread. Uh, and wow. then I have the Eagles to win outright over the Cards, and that they're, they're plus six and a half over the Cards. I think Hurts impressed me last week. Hurts is going to get shown shown uh, what a rookie is this week, and that's my prediction. I mean, it pro- maybe I just he looked. I, I was I was I was rooting for him last week, and I shouldn't be rooting for Philly, but he was. I was rooting for him. What did he have? A hundred and something yards passing last week. Um, they're going to get the tape on him, find out what he does well, find out what he doesn't do well, and I think the cards are going to lay the hammer on. Doesn't mean that Hurts can't be good long term, but this is the growing pains right. of a rookie quarterback. It's the same thing we saw with Tua. His second game, he. he he looked like he belonged in JV squad. So it's yeah. just. Uh, I, I mean, well, my other one was the, the Texans are plus seven to the Colts. I believe in. Watson I think, Moore. dude. I think the Texans have a chance to win that game. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe in Watson more than I do Philip Rivers, which I, which I like Philip Rivers. I just I believe in Watson more at this stage in the career. I also believe that uh, you're going to see that game probably won by his legs. And that defense will – they're going to keep it low scoring enough. The Colts don't typically blow anybody out, and they don't blow out division opponents. So that's going to be a tight game. To beat the same team twice in three weeks is a hard feat, no matter what. Is Derek, is Derek Henry not even up for MVP? I mean, I've not heard his name at all. I personally have him number two on my list. I've got Derek Henry number two. I've got Aaron Rodgers number one. I think – I guess, but Mahomes, Mahomes throws too many interceptions this year for for me to put him. Oh my Atlanta! He threw three last week for the first time in his career. That's a lot I of interceptions, man. That is a very good defense. That's a lot of interceptions for an it MVP is. candidate. I I can't do it. I just but yeah, they were they were talking last night. If you watched the game last night, they were like. The, the top two right now are Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. And I was telling uh, my wife, I was like, how is Henry not top I, one, one or 1A? And because, that's not being a Tennessee fan. That's just being – he's great. Because because he plays in Nashville and he doesn't get the right. publicity he deserves. It's absurd because everybody knows that how, how he goes is how the Tennessee Titans go. Right. If any team, if any player is most valuable on a team, it's Derrick Henry to the Titans. If you want to yes. go by the true definition, that's why I've got him as my number two. 
I think he's literally probably number one, but Rodgers had such a good year. He's such a big name. He plays for the Packers, who know it's not a big-time market, but it's big-time fan base. And I just have a... I also believe that if you're Mahomes, you've already won, a, won an MVP. To win another one, you have to wow people, and I just don't think he's wowed in anyone this year. He's not terrible. I'm not. I'm not trashing Pat Mahomes, right? But Patrick. whatever. <laughs> His dad's name was Pat Mahomes. He's he he's Pat Mahomes Jr. So I'm gonna call him Pat. Whatever. It's Pat. His, his, his mom's gonna. His mom's gonna Twitter you. <laughs> she, she is. Twitter all of my Facebook. Uh, but Pat Mahomes to me. You know, I look at his ratings and they've been pretty good every game, but they but they're not they're not Aaron Rodgers like this year. And more so when you win the champion when you win the MVP, you usually win it at the end of the season. He kind of had a a dud against Denver and then a huge dud against Miami. I just think that you have to give it to someone else this year. And Lamar Jackson that's that's crazy. That is crazy how he has fallen off so much year to year. That's crazy. Yeah, and taking a crap and coming back and throwing a touchdown doesn't win you the. He MVP. Paul pierced it, man. I knew. I knew exactly <laughs> what he did, man. No, I think I think he actually had some. I mean, if he Paul pierced it, he'd have been back much quicker, right? If that's all he had to do was use the restroom, he was gone for two series. It doesn't take that long, right? So. That, that, was a, that was a fun game to watch, man. That was I stayed up. That was a good game to watch. Yeah, it was. Uh, the best NFL game I think I've seen this year. What is your stupid stock pick, and then uh, what's your walk off? Um, I'm going with. I'm sticking with it. Last week was uh, PLTR. Okay. Uh, I've, I've been. I, I went all in with that. Uh, I actually sold all my Fubu Fubo for that. Which I made some money off of. I mean, Fubo went up pretty heavy yesterday, about five bucks, I think. So that's huge. Uh, and then this is some freaking been watching. I wanted to go all in on it months ago, but I'm a pansy. Uh, Luke and Coffee. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 went up pretty. It's went up pretty. I pretty, wish I could have heavy. invested in that. I liked that one months ago when it was I around too. three something, but you couldn't buy it on uh, Robinhood for whatever okay, reason. I'm I went on Ameritrade, but yeah, you right. can buy them there. But I, there was so much bad press about that. I was like, man, I'm like, this is going to be could have, should have. No, I I knew it was going to be a good one. I just you couldn't buy it on on Robinhood because it's because the Robinhood uh, usually most of their stocks are off of the Nasdaq, and it's not on the Nasdaq. It's on the Dow Jones Industrial. So okay. that's the cutoff. Okay, so I've got one long term for you, and it's it's pretty cheap. IMAX. Okay. They are $15.40 a share. Now, this is a long-term one. This isn't one you buy and go, man, it hasn't gone up but $0.32 cents over the last week. You got, you got to be in for the long haul for it. The reason why IMAX is going to be a good one for the next, we'll say it'll pay good dividends by the end of next year, maybe even into 2022. They just announced yesterday or the day before that they are going to double their IMAX theaters worldwide with a lot of them going to be built in the country of China. 
and American China. films are huge in China. Okay. <laughs> they are going, of course, this is the pandemic's going to be lifted, all that kind of right. junk. They're going to be packed into those theaters. And they're talking about building about 800 of these over the next two years. So okay. I think that's going to be a pretty damn good one. Is, uh, what, what's their number? What's their letters? It, it literally is. It literally is IMAX. Okay. I, I actually wrote it down because I was like, I'm gonna, I was like, I, 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 I bet it's something stupid. Like, you know, you know, V2Q. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? Uh, by the way, update on um, Airbnb that I talked about last week. So it opened up at 146, shot up to 170 something, dropped down to 120 something. It is now back up to 154. So yeah, I good and I think that one's going to continue to climb. I think that's just the beginning of it. Airbnb is going to be a huge thing when you're talking about people um, being able to travel with the, with the vaccines. Did you see DraftKings? Uh, or and I'll tell you, I don't, I don't, I honestly have no stocks in DraftKings anymore. Which, of course, because it's going up. But uh, they're setting up where they can do uh, gift cards for them. Oh no, that's interesting. I said, yes. I still have a decent amount of DraftKings. It's not as many as I had because I wanted to diversify. I don't like being, um, you know, I bought some Tesla. That thing is just, dude, that thing's bulletproof. Even, yeah. if, even if you just put it by $100 of Tesla, you don't have to buy the whole, the share is up to 677 now. It's bulletproof. And you'll see it drop. And if you're new to Tesla, don't panic. It's got to go right past where it was before. That I bought that. Solid, that I bought in again somewhere around the 630 range. It dropped down to 602. And I was like, son of a gun. It's up to 677 right now this morning. It's, yeah. It is bulletproof. By the way, the stock market in general is doing really well out the gates, especially on the NASDAQ. So what's your walk off, sir? Um, It's making fun of myself. <laughs> I think he'll uh, think it's pretty funny because I did not realize this until a couple of days ago. Um. The Walter Payton Award patch on the people's jersey. Yeah. I thought that was Darth Vader for the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? I'm a thousand percent serious. And like last night, I was like, I was watching the game. I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand it. I just went with it because like, oh, I was NFL. Okay, whatever. They're doing something. Yeah, the bad. only guy that gets to wear it is the guy that won it, right? Yeah, and I saw Witten with it last night. And I was like, and they started talking. I was like, son of a cow. <laughs> yeah, I think That's it's. Really, I think it's a really cool thing that they let them put that patch on there, and that like everyone can't do it just because they they like what it stands for. You have to win the damn thing to put it on your jersey. So the conspiracy theory I read last night around it was they're putting that patch on there so they can get the the viewers used to seeing a patch on their jersey so they can start seeing the, now they're going to start seeing advertisement on their jerseys well that's coming i mean that's that's coming i'm surprised it's, it's hasn't happened yet but that's coming yeah i mean what it happened in the nba like 4 years ago i think and i thought it was at least because yeah. when the ge thing popped up on the Celtics, but I'll tell you one thing about the NBA. I'll say about it. It's not atrocious. You don't see it. it, it they haven't gone unless they go full soccer about it. Then I'm not right. going to have an issue with it. Look, if you're going to make more money and keep my ticket sales down to, to a degree by putting Coca-Cola or whatever the hell on there, I, I'd say a good one to put on there would be armchair quarterbacks app. But, um, 
whatever you want to put on these jerseys, whatever. And I'm sure you'll still be able to buy the jersey without without the patch if you don't want it. There's gonna be people right. that are gonna want the patch because they're like, no. Nope. But I mean, but then again, there's gonna be people with a new age new age class is gonna be like, but why why is that different? You know, they're they're gonna be used to it. Right. Yeah. It's just I don't have an issue with it when you see if if people ever want to see something atrocious, pull up a soccer jersey from over right. in England or whatnot. It they they look like a NASCAR. I mean, it's just it's patch <laughs> after patch after patch after patch, but. At that point, I think it becomes silly because how can you decipher that many different advertisements, right? Like, to me, it makes more sense to have one or two because if you have too many, it becomes such a blur. I'm, It's it's not making any impression on me. Right. I don't it really like, know well, who most of these yeah. NASCAR drivers have, to be honest with you. Like, the Tide car will have 58 stickers on the side of it. I can't see what the hell it is. You see Tide. Yeah, right. Right. All right, speaking of that, we'll see you tomorrow. Roll Tide. <laughs> huh? Huh? 8 a.m. Eastern. I should, I should throw my shoe at you. <laughs> I should call a timeout and ice my kicker like the way San Diego's coach did last night. What the hell was that? Yeah. All right, brother. We'll see you manana. Later. For, for, for the last Dixie Football Nation of the year. All right, we're going to be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks when we get – when we come back, we're going to set your weekend and tell you what's happening. We'll be back here in just a few moments on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. Make contact. A collective psychosis is sweeping the nation. We're in the thick of the haze craze, and Elysian is introducing an altered state of IPA. Contact Haze is a tangled chemistry of mild haze, low bitterness, and an explosion of hop aroma. This hazy IPA bursts with notes of bright raspberry, currant, citrus, guava, and passion fruit. Available in six-pack cans in stores and in all Seattle Elysian locations. Make contact. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face -face and done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. At Shell, we know from the time you get up to the time you wrap up, Good night. there's a lot of meetups, eat-ups, and hurry-ups. So come to Shell and get three things done at once. Fill up with Shell V Power Nitro Plus to help keep your engine running like new. Save up with the Fuel Rewards Program and never pay full price for gas again. And snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. And engines that continuously use Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gas. And see full terms and conditions at FuelRewards.com. Visit Shane Company for meaningful holiday gifts. Our in-house design team creates unique styles of fine jewelry in every price range. Exquisite symbols, 
crafted with superior standards and made to last a lifetime. We have a variety of diamond infinity designs to symbolize your everlasting love. We're also known for our natural and vibrant rubies, which represent enduring passion. Or select a stylish necklace with the stone in her favorite color or her birthstone, so you'll always be close to her heart. Our jewelry consultants, in the store and online, will help you find something beautiful to put under the tree. Your gift will be a symbol of your love that will be treasured forever. Now you have a friend in the jewelry business, Shane Company and Shaneco.com. Open weekdays 10 till 8, Saturday 10 till 5, and Sunday noon till 5. Hi, this is Britney Spears. This is what up, what up, this Jay-Z. This is Jennifer Lopez. Armchair. We got some breaking news. Drew Brees will be the Saints starting quarterback Sunday versus the Chiefs. So now that game's watchable. We can get the joke that is Taysom Hill the hell out of the way. Because I don't know how people kept trying to tell us that he should be... He should have never been starting over Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston should have been the starter from the jump. I get it. He has had a problem with making decisions, bad decisions, interceptions. But you're trying to tell me that Sean Payton can't get more out of Jameis Winston than what Bruce Arians did? Bruce Arians, to me, I think is one of the most overrated coaches in all of in all of sport. And Jameis Winston could have... I bet they don't lose to the Eagles. I guarantee you that. But that's neither here nor there now. Now we got Drew Brees versus Mahomes Sunday afternoon. Now I'm excited for the game. Now I now I can load up and watch that. That's that's the game for Sunday now. Giants and Browns ain't bad. It's it's a different kind of excited for that game. That's pulling for an underdog like the Giants to try to make the playoffs. Think it'd be a really cool story. And you kind of have to gut it out. But that game, Saints-Chiefs, that could be a light show. That should be a lot, a lot of fun. Um, some of the other things that are going on in the world of sports, they are saying Michael Waka is close to signing with the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, my God. And I would love to see what he ends up paying, what they end up paying for him. Because a Tampa Bay fan is going to go through the roof if they pay much. Because if they pay much for him and let Charlie Morton walk out the door for Michael Waka, I know they think they can fix everybody in Tampa. That's a huge, huge ask. You're going to take Michael Waka over the likes of Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton signed for one year, $15 million, three, almost $4 million lower than what Kevin Gaussman got. Think about that. So it's going to have to be Walker for like a minor league deal, right? Where they get, they're paying him nothing. Because if they, they pay him anything, anywhere close to double digits, even if it's a one-year deal, they are going to lose their mind in the Tampa Bay St. Pete area. I'm glad to start seeing some things happen in the baseball world because... We need, we need to get some 
Some free agents signed. I know it usually happens more after we get past Christmas. But when we got guys like John Heyman, who is a very good sports writer, when he's tweeting more about the fact yesterday that he's in some stupid made-up Twitter, some kind of a tournament, Twitter follow, baseball follow Twitter tournament that was made by just some random dude. I don't even know who this guy is. When he's tweeting about that and not tweeting about free agency, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. And so we've got that news coming in and a couple of the other things that are, that are happening. Uh, Waka breeze. There was another one that popped up. want to make sure do my due diligence on that. Uh, well, I can't find it now. I'll find it here in a second. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, Raheem Mostert was limited again in practice yesterday. I think there's a very, very good chance that he does not play, which means if you're looking for a good DFS, Jeff Wilson, who gets the goal line carries, Jeff Wilson against the Dallas Cowboys. That's all predicated that Mostert doesn't play. I don't I, I don't think he's going to play. The 49ers, for all intents and purposes, are done. Losing that game to Washington pretty much put a put a fork in them. So we've got that going on. Uh, we're going to get into the weekend watch here in one second. The one thing I'm going to throw at you with fantasy football real quick is we've got couple of things that are going to be going on this weekend with the two games being played on tomorrow, which is obviously weird. So make sure you set your lineups there. And then, of course, you've got the games on Sunday. you got the Monday night tilt, which isn't a big game in the, in the grand scheme of things. It's Steelers versus Bengals. The Steelers are essentially in the playoffs. They're not going to get the home field advantage, I don't think, unless they get a lot of help. Maybe losing to the Saints if the – Chiefs lose to the Saints, that would bring them back into the fold a little bit. They they would still need some help, I believe, because that's an NFC loss. And so I still think Pittsburgh, from my understanding, would end up with the tiebreaker. They need that second loss by Kansas City to be an AFC loss because that would definitely give them the, uh, the go-ahead. But looking at what we've got going on this week in fantasy football, I think you're going to end up with some interesting matchups where you're in the semifinals and you're thinking about benching a guy you drafted really high. And do you do it? I'll give you an example. Nick Chubb, who's played very well, he's going up against that Giants defense. That Giants front four has been dominant, the front seven. They've given up very little on the ground. Would you start Jonathan Taylor over him? Jonathan Taylor's going up against an atrocious Houston defense. So we'll get into that on Sunday. I'm looking at a lot of these starts. James Robinson, that's a difficult one. Do I start James Robinson at Baltimore when I might have a lesser than 
but better matchup. And could it be someone who's playing tomorrow? Is it, is it Mike Davis? Mike Davis going against a Green Bay rush defense that has not been elite versus benching a James Robinson. A lot of tough decisions to make before we ever get to the Sunday morning kickoff show. So let's go ahead and uh, dial into the uh, the weekend watch. So we do this every Friday to get you ready for get you ready for the weekend. Get you ready for what's going on, what games you want to watch, all that nonsense. Tonight, there's two football games I think that are worth watching tonight. You got Oregon versus USC at 8 o'clock. That's the big one. That's the Pac-12 championship game. I'm going to be locked into that one. But I'm telling you that Nebraska-Rucker game really does intrigue me. I'm thinking about taking Rutgers plus the 7.5. I want to see where where that line moves. It's been jumping back and forth between 7.5 and and 6.5. But those are your two games. 7.30 on the Big Ten Network, Nebraska-Rutgers. 8 o'clock on Fox, you've got USC versus Oregon. As much as I don't like USC, I kind of want them to win just to throw an ointment into everyone complaining about all of our... If USC wins, Ohio State wins, you have to goofy stuff like let's say Florida beats Alabama Notre Dame beats Clemson Cincinnati wins I want to see the infighting I don't want it to be easy for the for the committee we've got to get to a 7 or 18 playoff y'all 4 is absurd okay Saturday it all starts at noon You've got the Big 12 Championship, Iowa State versus Oklahoma. That game will be on ABC. Northwestern plays Ohio State on Fox. Northwestern's a 21-point underdog. Iowa State, the last look at that, it was a a 5.5-point underdog to Oklahoma. That's going to be very, very interesting. That ended up being a close game that Oklahoma won beginning of the season, so it should be a lot of fun there. Texas A&M plays the Vols. That's another team that would be in play if we have if we have Helter Skelter. Texas A&M plays the Vols at noon on ESPN. Are they focused? Do they go in there and get the job done? Do they go for style points? Do they try to beat Florida by... I'm sorry, sorry uh, beat beat the balls by, do they try to run the score? Do they try to win four or five touchdowns? Or are they, or when they get a 10 to 14 lead, 14 point lead in the fourth quarter, are they going to take the gas off the pedal and just try to wind the clock down to get out of there with a W? Florida State will play Wake Forest on the ACC network. Once again, FSU is a seven point underdog. And uh, I think they've got a decent chance of covering that spread regardless gives you a reason to watch right should be very very fun game four o'clock well 330 got coastal carolina versus louisiana lafayette that should just be a fun game everybody four o'clock 
By the way, believe it or not, Louisiana Lafayette is a favorite in that game against Coastal Carolina, which is being played at Coastal Carolina. So I find that very interesting. That is that is the Sun Belt Championship. Clemson, 4 o'clock against Notre Dame. Ooh, the game of the day. Cannot wait for that one. At 4.30, you get the Bills and Broncos on the NFL. I believe that game's on the, on the NFL Network. At 8 o'clock, we get Tulsa versus Cincinnati. Can the Bearcats finish off an undefeated season and put pressure on the committee? 8 o'clock also, SEC Championship game on CBS. Bama versus Florida. We'll get into that big time tomorrow. 8.15 tomorrow. Uh, yeah, 8.15 Saturday night. Carolina versus Green Bay. A lot of implications there for fantasy football players. And at 9 o'clock, men's college basketball, Central Florida plays Florida State. Should be a good, good basketball game if you're wanting something a little different to pop in at it. Yeah, about, about halftime of the of the uh, of the SEC championship game. Flip over and check out some of that action. It's a little strange that, that, that they're playing that game at 9 p.m. I don't know why they picked that. They could have picked could have picked a much better time of the day. I mean, why not do that mid to late afternoon tomorrow? Anyways. I, I would have shot for around 6, 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Have the game over with by about the time the SEC title game starts. But whatever. Seven uh, Sunday, 1 p.m. games of interest. I've got three circled. Pats versus the Dolphins. Both still fighting for a wild card. Bears versus Vikings. Both of them are still technically in the wild card race. Seattle versus Washington. The Seahawks come west. They need to win that game because they're still trying to win the division, Seattle. Of course, Washington desperately trying to get the W. They want to keep that lead in the NFC East. If they lose, that makes Sunday night's game even bigger. Eagles-Arizona is the 4 o'clock game that I'm locked in on. I do think that the Eagles are going to put a lot of problems the way of Jalen Hurts. And I, I do like Arizona to win that game. Chiefs versus Saints. 425. We just got the news. Drew Brees to start. So we look. That is huge. That makes that game so much more exciting. And then 820 Sunday night. Finish your weekend up. A great game. The Browns versus the Giants. Two teams who are fighting for the playoffs. The Browns. Most likely heading to the playoffs. The Giants, they got some work to do, but they could still make the playoffs. They just got to get some W's as they are a one, one game behind Washington, who may have already fell to Seattle. So they could be playing for the lead in the NFC East. Remember, they get the tiebreaker against Washington. If it ends up in a, ends up in a uh, tie, they get the tiebreakers. They swept the season series. So there you go with that. That is your weekend watch as uh, we go to wind down another great show here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. It is time to turn back time on December 18th to 2020.
On this date, 1956, what was that? 64 years ago, Bill Rizzuto signs as the New York Yankees radio and TV announcer. If the name doesn't jump out at you, who is Phil Rizzuto? He coined the phrase, making it very popular, despite what Harry Carey fans will tell you. Phil Rizzuto was the first one to use, holy cow, holy cow. That was made uh, even more infamous in the Seinfeld episode. Remember the uh, the keychain where they kept running over it. Holy cow. That was Phil Rizzuto. He, he ended up broadcasting for the Yankees for 40 years. And uh, he passed away in 2007. Uh, but uh, Phil Rizzuto, one of the great, great broadcasters of all time. Also, on this date, 1959, Sammy Ball was signed as the first coach of the New York Titans. Long before the Tennessee Titans were around, they had the New York Titans. And the New York Titans was the name that the whole reason why Tennessee Titans were named after the Titans, it wasn't just because it, they, it started with the T, although that helped. Uh, their now passed away owner, uh, Bud Adams, really liked the story of why they called the Titans the Titans in New York. It all goes back to Greek mythology and whatnot. Birthdays! It's your birthday today. What does that mean? I guess I'll try Happy birthday. Happy 46th birthday to Peter Bolware. One of the truly great linebackers in Baltimore Ravens lore. Peter Peter Bolware, uh, he was a Florida State Seminole. He uh, all ACC, all ACC Defensive Player of the Year, as well as the National Defensive Player of the Year in 1990. I guess that was 1996. Yes, 96. His junior season at Florida State. Bolware was. One of six defensive ends selected to Sports Illustrated all 20th century college football team. So if you question his greatness, there you go. Super Bowl champion for the Baltimore Ravens in Super Bowl 35, four-time Pro Bowler, NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year in 97, Sacks Leader in 2001, ACC Defensive Player of the Year, where I said that, and he's in the Baltimore Ravens Ring of Honor. He is not in the NFL Hall of Fame. I don't know if he will ever get there because he played nine seasons, and so many of that cutoff ends up being around 10, 10 years. If you don't make it to 10 years, it makes it much more difficult to get in the NFL Hall of Fame. I believe he belongs in there, but his career was shortened by some injuries so he may never get that he, he i mean he had 70 sacks in his career 
His main thing was being able to cause havoc while Ray Lewis and company cleaned up the slop behind him. He was an absolute force for the Ravens. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. for the last Dixie Football Nation. We're going to have some fun with that. We'll have some different things set up for that. We'll uh, show you that tomorrow. And then, of course, we'll get the. We only have two more of the DFS shows as the college football semifinals are here. So you get two more weeks of, of uh, fantasy football. This is the last weekend of Dixie Football Nation. We will see you manana. It's Friday, working stiffs. Everybody! Four, three, two, one! Happy weekend! <laughs> I've got a hundred dollars smoking in my billfold. I know I ought to save it, but it's burning a hole. It's Friday, Friday, I'm free again. I got my motor running for a wild weekend. It's Friday, Friday, I'm out of control. Forget the work and blues and let the Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. <laughs> Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. If you haven't downloaded it yet, your Armchair Quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the Armchair Quarterbacks app anywhere. Free to download, free to use, and important to have. Download it today, tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like that. I want to tap that. Too bad I'm going to get you.